broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 265. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And it has been a rather uneventful week. Yeah, not a, lot, not a lot going on. Although Civil War, Captain America Civil War did come out. You know, it's kind of funny you should say that. We can't say, oh, hey, look, nothing much happened this week except a Civil War. You know, I've never been so excited for Civil War in all my life. Would you say this is the best Civil War enactment you've ever seen? It is. It is. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, I'm Team Cap for all those who are wondering. Or cared. And, or cared. And even after the movie, I'm even more so Team Cap. He's really more Captain Libertarian. <laughs> yeah. He really is. When he's not Captain Puerto Rico. Oh, jeez. I don't speak Spanish. Well, come on. You've seen his <laughs> uniform, right? In Avengers? He's totally Captain Puerto Rico. We need to stop pretending. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com, 4814. No, I'm lying. It's actually WPCycle.com, Geek Factor Radio, Radio KSCR, Eagle Moss Limited. Did I forget any of them? Did I repeat? Maybe. I don't know. But it's good. If you sponsor us, thank you. If you don't, then why not? We're not brought to you by, but big shout out to the Podcast Awards. Uh, nominations have closed. We are currently not eligible, but that's getting fixed right now, actually. There was a bit of a registration problem, and I'm actually in communication with them right now, and they're fixing that. Oh, good. Yeah, I saw that today, and I kind of freaked out a little bit because I realized that even though we did what we were supposed to do, they don't recognize us as having done such. So It's just, you know, it's like we said, it, it, it came from humble beginnings, as all things podcast-related do, unless you're Leo Laporte, um, or Adam Carolla, or Carrie Jackson. If you're like us, you come from humble beginnings and the podcast awards were the same way. And so I can't really fault them that they're having some registration issues, but they're taking care of it. And we weren't the only ones caught up in the problems. So it's all good. It's all good. It'll get sorted out. Yeah, it's it's good times. It's good times. Finalists will be announced. I want to say the 20th of May. Yeah, coming out here in the next few weeks. Yeah, so. and then once finalists are announced, then the voting period begins. Um, and in years past, you could vote every day, once a day. I don't know if that's how it's going to be this year, so I will forego giving you any marching orders, because we have time. Uh, and they're doing things a little bit differently this year, too, so we'll see. Yeah, yep, time will tell. But we'll, we will let you, our dear listener, know. And while we're talking about people that we love and, and have gratitude for, you, our listener, thank you. We appreciate you being here. Indeed. Keep coming back. Uh, your, your dedication as a listener is what brings Zoner and I to the microphone every week, even when Zoner's wife is currently um, pushing life into the world. Yeah, she may be in labor. I don't know. I, I'm recording a podcast. She's actually right next to him at the moment. It's a little bit awkward here on, on video chat. <laughs> you know, I can record and catch. I, I, I can I can talk. And if ever there's that moment in the uh, 
in the podcast where I start screaming, she's crowning, she's crowning. Just skip forward a few times on the podcatcher. Now, you remember in the episode uh, that we did for Generic Geek Podcast with the You Again web series guys, and they straight up asked me, does your wife listen to this show? Yeah, she doesn't. That's why I can get away with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I can get away. And I do try and get away with stuff like this. Not like escape. It's not like I'm a prisoner. <laughs> Your wife, however, feels a little bit differently. Yeah, probably. Um, okay. We, we have, have feedback. We do have feedback. And I just now realize I need to pull it up. Because I'm oh. a bit of a slacker like that. Much slacking taking Much place. Much slacking. Okay. Uh, the first one is a how-to question. Um, it comes from our friend Nathan. Nathan, good to hear from you again. He says, I'll try to make this as brief as possible. By the way, we know Nathan, and when he says that, he then writes six paragraphs. Um, used to be a customer CenturyLink. Plan was to go, the plan we had was to go 12 down, six up. Rarely received it. Wi Fi would also randomly crap out and disconnect. We changed to Comcast. Currently have a plan of 34 down, 12 up. We have continued to have connection issues. Our speed is noticeably faster at times, but it's constantly fluctuating. Doing several speed tests consecutively, our speeds will spike as high as 48, then drop to 1. We thought this might be a hardware issue, so we traded the router in for a new one. However, we are still receiving the same issues. After we reset the router, the problem is usually fixed for a day, but then starts again. What do you think is going on? Do you have any suggestions to how to increase speed and decrease the drop issues? Thanks, Nathan. Nathan, thank you for the question. Not necessarily feedback, but I provide my uh, my expertise from time to time. The problem is almost certainly your router and your Wi-Fi. And the best way to test this would actually be to connect your computer as best you can straight to your cable modem. Not usually advisable. Not usually uh, something you want to leave there. But you do this with the crossover cable that originally came with your cable modem. Hook it right into your computer. Manually assign your computer an IP address. Um, It's really, really... um, I shouldn't say really, really, but it is not necessarily the simplest thing to do. Your goal is, is to get your computer online straight through the modem. Run your speed test then. That's the best way to get to test your actual line. Um, once you confirm that Comcast is at least within throwing range of where they say they'll be, um, because as much as we all like to hate Com- Comcast, it honestly doesn't do them very good business to not give you the speeds they advertise. Then you want to throw out your router and you want to buy something enterprise grade. Um, I will say this until uh, the day I die. The cheapest enterprise grade networking equipment is better than the most expensive consumer grade stuff. Um, you're going to have to learn a bit of networking, but I personally really enjoy using ubiquity, uh, unify routers and switches and, uh, access points. You have to buy them separately. They're about a hundred bucks each. So if you want the router, that's a hundred bucks. If you want the switch, that's a hundred bucks. Actually, it's usually a lot more. Uh, if you want the access point, it's a hundred bucks, but, not only are they incredibly fast, they're also incredibly powerful, and your Wi-Fi will steamroll your neighbors into oblivion. Uh, you'll basically be the only visible hotspot in your neighborhood. And From is, like four blocks away. And is, yeah, the FCC will be outside <laughs> double-checking to make sure you're within legal limits. Uh, and it's really robust. Enterprise stuff is meant to never go down. So that's, that's my suggestion. Yeah, I actually saw a device that was for sale. I guess it's a, it's something you plug into your wall, 
and then you plug your router into it, and it will automatically reset itself once a day, uh, which will basically force a power cycle on your router. It's a $60 device. If you're buying a $50 router and a $60 automatic reset power button deal for the router, save yourself the hassle and just go buy a $100 router. Spend the money on some better quality equipment. And it'll save you a lot of hassle. In indeed, the end. indeed. And the thing that a lot of people don't understand about these home routers or routers in general, they're just now starting to advertise it. But routers are really small computers. Uh, they're not computers like most consumers are used to. You can't log into them through Windows or or whatnot. Um, but they have a processor, they have RAM, they have a storage EEPROM or or flash NAND memory. And the faster the router's processor, the faster it's able to process those signals to specific computers. And so now you'll see it advertised, you know, dual core, one gigahertz processor on board. Well, that's not bad. You know, quad core this, quad core that. Um, But it's still not as good as the enterprise stuff. You know, a lot of that money went into... Um, into the software for it. And if you need to know why the software on the consumer level grade stuff sucks, I invite you to go to any, um, any car dealership and test drive a car where you have like the car manufacturers built in entertainment system and compare that to how robust your phone is. The software sucks and it's outdated and it's impossible to update just like in a consumer router. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I absolutely hate about routers is, you know, regardless of the company, they'll maybe push out updates for it for six months, if that. If you're really lucky and it's a good company, you may see an update a year down the road. But pretty much what you buy is what you get, regardless of how crappy it is. And it drives me nuts. I, I want to share a quick story here before we move on to our next feedback. Um, I convinced my wife to let me buy uh, a high-end, quote-unquote, consumer Linksys router. Um, it was on sale. It was uh, like $200. And it was a WRT1900AC. Uh, so it was like the high-end wireless AC. So we got great speeds from it. And the idea was that... It was open sourced and it would accept any open source firmware image. So down the line, if I wanted to, I could flash it over to like, uh, what is it, WWRT or Tomato or any of those third party uh, firmwares that you can get for your router. Uh-huh. Well, best of both worlds, right? Yeah. So we get it and it's immediately start, immediately starts crapping out. So I go to try and find images. No, it turns out even though it's an open source basis, Linksys made it so only their proprietary firmwares or or only open source firmware that conformed to their method of flashing could be used. And since no one liked it, no one has any images for it. And Linksys never released any updated firmwares either, despite the fact that it was three years old. Oh, that's just dirty, man. And so now we have our daily reboots of the Wi-Fi, which I got to tell you, my wife loves with the Roku or the Chromecast, or anything else. Yeah, that's... You need one of those $60 plug things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, screw that. I'll just build a robot to just sit there and hit the reset button on a 24-hour oh. cycle. Oh, that's that sucks, man. Especially when you buy something that you think is going to 
have options and you pay more for that. Well, especially when I sit there and go, I should have known better. I tell people all the time, I should have known better. Yeah. Um, our next email comes to us from Glue. I feast on Glue. I love that name. I still love that name. Um, thank you for clarifying what you meant by most 13-year-olds suck nowadays. Uh, if you don't remember, that was last episode. It sounds like I could be going inappropriate with that comment. Truly, I'm just talking about parenthood. And actually, I think it was you, Zahner, who said that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds um, like something I'd do. Yeah. Uh, he also asks, how do you think Hollywood will portray hacking in the Snowden film? Uh, Zahner, would you please go Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan? I don't <laughs> think I ever remember hearing you blow up. Zook, so you want a Fallout skin on your Fitbit? Uh, he's referencing to the uh, the only wearable I want is one that looks like a Pip-Boy. No, I don't want a skin on my Fitbit. I want an actual Pip-Boy. Because there's nothing like having a 20-pound piece of electronics on your forearm. With a Half-Life isotope power in it, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, hey, if it could morph into weaponry and help me target things, that'd be nice, too. It, yeah. And it, it's also nice if, when you look at it, you, like, can't be attacked. Because, <laughs> you know, you're out jogging, some mugger comes and tries to tries to get your wallet or watch or whatever. Just look at your pit boy. You're good. Can we define attacked? Because it also stops conversation. So, like, if my kids are asking something, I could just look at my pit boy and stop them dead. That is true. Attacked verbally by children. Yes. I, I think that falls uh, falls as a child. Now, under yeah, you know what I mean. Shut up. Now, as it talk, <laughs> as we talk about Zoner's rage level, you haven't raged out since like year one of the, of the podcast. I really haven't. It's been a long time, and I've tried to keep myself in check. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I now record in the basement of my home, and I have three kids who sleep in the basement, so I can't really get too worked up because then I'll have children waking up and. That's not a good thing. So I really try and keep my keep my emotions in check. But there are certain things that that can still get me going. Um, I think last week you came pretty close to. It, it may have been before or after we started recording, but yeah, I I've come pretty close recently. Sorry, glue. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see he, what I can do. He usually does it offline, actually. I do, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll get going. Like, And it's not usually about podcast-appropriate things to begin with, and it gets less appropriate as he keeps going. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I started I started in on tonight a little bit before before we started recording. Uh, I, I, I would have had to have been bleeped, uh, not because I was cussing, but just not very family-friendly. Mm, true, true. Um, and finally, how do we think Hollywood will portray hacking in the Snowden films? You know, it's funny. There's a lot of bad hacking in movies. A this is Unix. Of... I know this. Oh, yeah. Well, and what's funny is the fact that that was actually technically accurate. I know. <laughs> um, but we're, we're talking hacking like, oh, I don't know, um, die, live free or die hard or whatever the die hard was that was about hacking. What about Hackers? Hackers was horrible. Yeah, that one was really bad. You know, it's funny because you and I have both done some uh, done some hacking stuff. 
I may, I, I'm not sure how much you've done, but I, I actually took classes in college for computer security, which involved us having to hack. And, you know, you watch the the movie hackers, and they're sitting there just pounding away on their keyboard, and, okay, and pound away, pound away, look at the screen, pound away, pound away, and then all of a sudden, they've, like, transferred $80 million from some Swiss bank account to the Cayman Islands. In my experience, there was a whole lot of staring at the screen and then trying a couple things, um, choice words being said, more staring at the screen. It's not very glamorous or exciting to actually. It really isn't. It really isn't. Um, The thing is, is that Hollywood likes to portray that the better the hacker you are, the faster and the more you type. Yeah. Um, but that's not actually the case at all. If you actually want to see realistic hacking, I, I can't believe I'll say this, but listen here. If you want to see realistic hacking in a Hollywood movie, uh, watch which one's the satri- second Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, I don't know. I the Matrix Reloaded. Him. Okay, Trinity is supposed to drop a power grid, and she uses Nmap to find the different entry points into the network, and then uses an actual documented exploit to bypass the lock-in, get in, and shut down the power grid. And she does it all 100% accurate. It's yeah, all real-life accurate. Yeah, I've used Nmap, and I mean, fun stuff. There's The thing is with hacking, there's a lot of programs out there that make your job a lot easier. Stuff like Nmap. But it still requires a lot of knowledge and a lot of staring at your screen. Mm-hmm. And she does that. I mean, they, they cut through it real fast. But, yeah, you look at that scene. That scene, every command she enters is completely accurate. Yeah. So um, I if they try and do any kind of hacking like that, yeah, it won't be a great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a reason that Hollywood does hacking the way that they do. Because nobody wants to sit and pay eight bucks or ten bucks or however much you're paying for your ticket to see somebody stare at a computer screen you know they want something that's fun yep okay well thanks guys for your feedback we went a bit long on that feedback wow uh, if you want to send us feedback feedback at stolendroids.com put in a comment on our online form at stolendroids.com give us a call 801-917-GEEK I just realized I haven't looked at the forms to see if anyone has submitted anything that's on me. Oh, well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, that's how I roll. Uh, but we need to get to our headlines anyway. And the first one comes from T-Mobile, also known as the What the Crap Carrier. <laughs> so they have these events, and they call them the Uncarrier events, right? And this is Uncarrier 11. Um, it's kind of like a, an 80s movie franchise that won't die. And starring Steven Seagal. Yeah. Now, in previous ones, they've announced things like they're doing away with contracts. Hey, pretty good idea, right? And they're doing away with uh, phone leasing options, which actually didn't do away with it. It just gave you more options. Um, And, oh, by the way, free music streaming. Hey, we love that. And some free movie streaming. Okay. And data stash, which was never really properly explained. What else is there to give away? How about the How company? How about the company? Yeah. <laughs> In the most useless way possible. So 
there's a leak right now. Uh, Evan Blass at VentureBeat, also known as EV Leaks, he's typically pretty accurate, actually. He gets a lot of stuff before it's released. And he's received word that Uncarrier 11 is going to be announcing that uh, every Tuesday you'll get a new app. Um, you, If you s- install certain apps that they suggest, you can get freebies like pizza or movie rentals, which sounds like a night with Blockbuster. And Just Netflix and chill. Uh, but what's really weird is the idea that they're going to give you stocks. Yeah, this is awesome. So uh, according to the information they have, you'll be able to claim a quarter share of T-Mobile stock for every postpaid line of service you have. Now, but I have you- four, which means that all told I get a share. Yes, as, as will I. I will get one share of T-Mobile stock. What's T-Mobile stock worth right now? I was just about to look that up. I'll let you do it instead. But what's really funny is the fact that you have to claim it within two weeks of the announcement. Yes. That's 39 bucks right now. Thirty nine forty nine is where it closed at today. Uh, what's the five-year like? It can't be good. Um, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't imagine this bodes well for the company. It's almost like saying, hey, sign with us and you can have some of those armchairs out in the lobby. You like those? How about some staplers? We could get you some reams of paper. Yeah. Uh, the, let's see. The um, 52 week low is 33.22. The 52 week high is 43.43. So it's, it's closer to the high than it is to the low at the moment. The funny thing is, is that, and this is speaking to someone specifically who does not follow stocks all that often, not as often as I should. Okay, um, you're going to be giving people free data. Well, you're going to see a bump in stocks then because you're going to get a lot more subscribers, right? We're going to give you free music streaming. Okay, yeah, you're going to see a bump in subscribers, so stocks will go up. We're going to give away stocks. I doubt you're going to see stock prices rise much. You know, look, okay, so I'm checking out their five-year... And I can't tell because this website I'm on kind of sucks, but it looks like it's gone up quite a bit over the last five years. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm seeing like it was below 10 bucks a share at one point. So, I mean, this, this isn't a bad deal, but you know, the interesting thing with T-Mobile is, and I've been saying this for the last couple of years, they're completely breaking the way that mobile carriers work in that they're just going so far outside the box. People keep coming to them and it's working. It is working. I mean, you can't deny that, but it's a little bit hard to get an idea of what it's going to be worth when they're basically creating a whole new business model. Yeah. Oh, it's very, but you know, I don't care if they're giving it to me for free. As long as they're, giving me reliable cell service and they're giving me free stock. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what also is breaking things? Apple music. (laughs) You know, I, I think I mentioned this last week. iTunes is now 15 years old and it still sucks just as much as ever. Now, so there's going to have a, 
problem with this and how I see it. Um, obviously, there's the problem of, oh, hey, that's your music. You bought it. Go ahead and delete it while you're stealing my stuff. However, we're going to run into a difference of philosophies here. See, back in the day, my philosophy was, and still to a point is, this is my music on my computer. All of my music is on my laptop here. The one that I'm recording this show right now on, all of it is on this computer. Gigs and gigs of that music. I spent years curating it and getting all the music I wanted, ripping CDs like crazy, uh, buying a bunch of it, and buying some other stuff, not buying some of it. But anyway, I it, it's mine, right? Now, if I went in and I had iTunes and iTunes started to delete that music from my computer, that's a problem. And in that way, yeah, they have absolutely no right to do that. However, about 18 months ago, I finally got on the streaming bandwagon with everyone else, where I now have a Pandora. Um, I'm doing a trial. And by the way, the Pandora trial is crap. And I think Pandora is crap. Um, but I have. I concur. But I have Amazon Music, right? And I listen to Amazon Music all the time. Well, I didn't buy any of the music on Amazon Music. I didn't. I, I paid for a Prime subscription. And I downloaded a whole bunch of those songs. Well, technically, that means I don't own any of those songs, right? I am paying for access to the songs. And I've downloaded it so that I can go into offline mode and listen to it. But after a while, it goes in and it deletes that music. And I don't have a problem with that. Because, like I said, I never bought that music. And so that's the problem here. Apple Music is a subscription service. iTunes is a music library software. And I think that's the disconnect. Well, actually, no. Um, to to kind of put this a little clear, we haven't really explained what the issue is. Uh, but basically, Apple is going in and it is deleting music from the hard drive, uh, which you know, as as you just talked to, you know, pluses or minuses to that, depending on the source. But the problem is, it's deleting music. At random, well, not at random, at will, I guess would be, it's it's fingerprinting your system and it's saying, oh, you didn't get this from Apple Music, delete. You didn't get this from this source, delete. Yeah, and, and, and see, that's where I was, sorry, I was taking the very long roundabout way to get there, <laughs> but you're right, it's, it's a... It's combating philosophies. It's the old philosophy of, hey, I'm using iTunes to curate all my music, slamming face first into the new philosophy of, oh, well, you bought the subscription from us, so all your music should have come from us. Yes. And, you know, I actually, you know, there's a, there's a person here, James Pinkstone is the guy that this article is specifically talking about. He put up his entire CD, thousands of CDs that he had ripped, and Apple went in and deleted all the music, which... I know how upset I get if I have to re-rip a CD, let alone thousands of CDs. And I thought, this can't be right. So I asked one of my coworkers, who's an Apple guy, I said, have you ever had this happen? He said, you know what, now that you mention it, yes, every CD that I have ever ripped, I no longer have on my computer. And he said, and the problem with it is, 
I don't have some of those CDs anymore, and there's no way to get that music back now. Yeah. Um, That's dirty. It's incredibly dirty. It is. Yeah, I... And to my knowledge, Apple's the only one doing this. Now, the worst part of all of this is, is that when when Apple was brought into the conversation, they said the software is working as intended. Which either means that this is totally intentional, or some putts at the Apple PR department didn't actually read what they were asking about, gave the stock working as intended line, and said, okay, that should be good. And... Regardless of which option that is, they're both bad. Oh, they're both really bad. Again, and and I want to I want to be very clear on this. If it was just if it was happening to me, hey, that OK Go album I downloaded into offline mode on Amazon Music, it got deleted. I get that. I understand why. It's not my album. I didn't buy it. It's like uh, the old rentals, you know, when you rent a movie from Amazon Prime and it's got the got the time bomb or whatever for 48 hours after you start playing it that's cool that's cool really realistically all it's doing is clearing its cash really yeah but it's this crossing the line where it's like oh everything before us that didn't exist either um we don't have any other apple news surprisingly yeah that that really you know it or blackberry or sony that gets that this story gets me. It really kind of pisses me off that Apple's doing that and just getting away with it. Because let's piss intended. you off some more. Okay, cool. Let's ramp up that rage. Uh, okay, so you remember <laughs> that stupid, 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 stupid girl who tried to get her car over a hundred miles an hour just to use Snapchat's speed filter? Yes, we talked about her last week, uh, and I was wrong. Um, I said that the family who was hit um, uh, was suing the girl. And it turns out they were actually suing Snapchat. Now, is is that wrong? Were we wrong? Because I, I kind of got the impression right. that... You were right. You tried to correct me and say that they were suing Snapchat. I okay. was fairly certain that they were suing the girl. I think they actually were suing Snapchat. And a judge has sided with them saying, yeah, that filter should never have been... You know, that filter should never have been created. Yeah. Yeah, that's just... uh, She needs to be sued into oblivion. Oh, okay. Down here, yep, it says Maynard's lawsuit is seeking unspecified damages from McGee, the driver, and Snapchat. Okay, so, yeah. So, both both of them. They they both need to be sued. Snapchat, yeah, it's innovative. It's creative. When the crap are you going to get some of those speeds that people are trying? The only other time that I could think of was maybe on a roller coaster. But, yeah. I mean, in an airplane, okay, possibly, but... My, my favorite is here that when you open that filter, there's a warning that pops up and says, please don't use it while driving. Nice. Legal so, ramifications. What, like Walking. I'll post a selfie of me going about seven miles an hour. Yeah. (laughs) I walk slowly. Don't laugh. Walk seven miles an hour? Dude, that's fast. Is it really? When I go running, I run like, I'll do like a half hour run. 
and I'll run right around five and a half to six miles an hour. And I'm a slow runner. At my best, I could do a four-minute mile. No, you couldn't. Yes, I could. You're not a freaking Olympian. I uh, Keep in mind, I was like 100 pounds soaking wet and already 6'1". Yeah, I can't do that now. I'm 300 pounds. It would look hilarious, and then I would drop dead. <laughs> but I can still walk pretty fast. Um, okay, I, I thought that was slow. Evidently, it's not. Um, Maybe I'm just super slow. I don't know. You're short. You got stocky legs. So we've been talking about Windows 10 now since it came out, since before it came out. And all my computers are running it. I think all your computers are running it. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Nearly all my computers at work are running it now. And uh, all about perfectly timed because come the end of July this year, the free upgrade to Windows 10 will expire. Okay, now I got a problem with this. Okay, yes, yes, go ahead because I think I misspoke there. What, what about the early adopters? I, not everybody is an early adopter here. And so <laughs> if you're still running Windows XP... You know, when Microsoft needs to give you some time to get going here with the Windows 10. I mean, it's only been a year that they've been doing this. <laughs> You're just staring at me. The, the, the silent blinking does not translate well onto podcasts. It doesn't. Okay, so um, I did not... When I said that it expires, I should clarify, just in case we haven't made it perfectly clear yet... The software will not expire. My computer that I upgraded to Windows 10 will not expire suddenly. But if you have not yet upgraded to Windows 10, you will not. You will have to pay for it after July. If you do it before July, you get the upgrade for free. If you wait till August, you have to pay $119 for the upgrade. Yeah. Which means... Freaking go and upgrade already. If you don't like it, you can downgrade back. But just by upgrading to Windows 10 means that you've secured a license. And even if you were to then wipe the computer clean and install Windows 10 from scratch, that license is still valid. So go out there, download it, install it. And if you really didn't want it, use the built-in rollback feature to roll back to your previous version. And that way you've just secured it just in case. Just in case you want it, you've saved yourself 120 bucks. You're welcome. And then you can go back to Windows XP and be all yeah. sorts of happy. Yeah, get yourself up to Windows 10, secure your license, go back to Windows 311. Ooh, old school. That's how I do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be so um, snarky, dickish. About that, I think of one of our phrases is, is an actual word. I think the other one's not. <laughs> yeah, that that feedback though. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. Had to had to call it out. Whenever we talk about Windows upgrades now, that's all I can think about is that is that d bag who sent that in. Just I think he was just trolling us because, well, we talked about reasons that that may be. Hey, guess what? Off I installed the update, the T-Mobile update to my phone as well. Does that make me an early adopter? Oh. No, I just freaking installed the update. It's what you do. <laughs> okay, um, so one of the reasons we install updates and we try and stay with the newest software is 
for reasons such as what's in our next headline, um, there is new ransomware. Now, we've talked about these before. Ransomware sucks. It gets we've on. We've talked your computer. about it a lot lately. Yeah, it's become it, it's become worse and worse. And this one is one of the worst ones, which I feel is becoming passe. We're saying that with every single one. Are they just getting better and better as they come out, or... I think they are. I think they've learned. They've grown self-aware. Okay, so quick recap here. If you don't remember what ransomware is, it is malware that gets onto your computer and either, at this moment, encrypts files or deletes them until you pay a ransom to get it to stop or to undo the damage. Uh, In many cases, it's best just to pay the ransom, as I had to learn the hard way, as the FBI had to learn the hard way, as a hospital and a sheriff's station had to learn the hard way. Or better yet, just make sure you have regular backups. I had to learn the hard way because I had regular backups of my computer, but by the time I had restored my computer, it had already made the jump into the corporate network and was wreaking havoc there. Oops. This new one, however is able to install itself onto your computer without triggering the user account control. That annoying little pop-up that says, are you sure you want to install this? Warning, this may not do what you think it does. That much maligned feature in Windows that everyone says, oh, I hate it, it's so dumb. But really, it's there because we can't trust you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now it completely bypasses that. That's terrifying. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about um, some hero white hat hackers who found a way around the ransomware. Do we know if this particular strain is able to be undone by their efforts, or is this a new one? Because I want to say it's new. I think that this one's new. I, I don't know that this one's been able to be decrypted yet. But, yeah, this is... This is downright terrifying the way that this does it. And the name of the the name of the ransomware is Cerber, uh, which is kind of close to some Android apps and stuff that are legit. And so, I mean, I wow, I they they were talking about some stuff in this article, and I thought, oh, I'm curious on that. I'm going to Google that. Yeah, I almost. Googled it, and I thought, that's a really good way to just expose myself to all sorts of horribleness here. So, I didn't. I haven't dug too much into it, other than what's on this particular... You should uh, definitely not expose yourself. I mean, I'm 300 pounds. I shouldn't expose myself either. <laughs> but, yeah, I I thought, I'll just, I'll just read the, the information that's presented here, because it's pretty thorough. But yeah, this is this is bad stuff. And I'm getting really kind of tired of having to report on this stuff just because of the fact that it's never good when we report on it. And I feel like I feel like these people are just encouraged repeatedly because they're so good people are having to pay it. And when you're able to like you mentioned sheriff's departments, hospitals, FBI, when you're able to get those people to have to pay yeah you're screwed man yep yep um speaking of screwed Ooh. Nice no segue. not like that nice segue uh so ad block 
I, I, maybe I'm being unfair here. I'll let you, dear listener, be the judge of it. They have a new system in place that they're working on where you put money into a fund. And it's money that you feel that you want to give website content providers, creators, writers, whatever. And then Adblock views your browsing habits, says, oh, well, this guy is going to StolenDroids.com all the time, 100% of the time. I should allocate 100% of the funds he's put up to that site because I've been blocking ads for that site. So they haven't been getting paid. That's really noble. That's a great idea. If there's a site you go to and you can't stand the ad so you have an ad block enabled, well, they have to get paid somehow. They really do. They just need to get paid. This is a way to do it. It's kind of like a universal paywall. My issue with it is that ad block does not give all the money to that site. It's keeping a cut for itself. My concern is this, as much as I love a good ad blocker, as much as I rely on it, just like anyone else, what they've done here is they've created a solution where they get paid that solves a problem they created and that they're the only ones in control of. It's genius. I, it's like the debt limit with the government. Okay. It's a problem they created that they can blame on someone else that only they can solve. And it's diabolical. Oh yeah. Oh, in that's a way, a good word in a way that makes me feel a little dirty. You know, I feel unclean with this. I actually use ad block and the thing I don't like about this. What if I go to a website that I don't want to pay that I don't want to get any revenue from me visiting their site. You know, I mean, it could be anything, some news site. If I go to Fox News, let's say, they piss me off. I don't want to pay them, but if I go to read an article that they happen to post that I get linked to from somewhere else, I don't want them to get a cut of my paycheck or whatever because I go visit them. Well, even worse, in my opinion, is the fact that on top of that, Adblock isn't even blocking all the ads anymore. No, it's not. It's letting a lot of ads through. Ads that are on their quote-unquote safe list, actually meaning list that have paid Adblock to allow them to go through. So in this way, they're kind of double-dipping, and I really don't appreciate it. I really feel like I'm getting taken for a ride by this company that I used to trust. And so maybe a lot of my outrage is just this feeling of betrayal, but it's really pissing me off. Yeah, it's it's not cool. Not cool at all. Um, in cooler news, Microsoft has bought a new company, as it tends to do. It's called Solaire, which is dumb because there's an American company called Solaire that makes sun awnings for the side of your house. It's not that company. Instead, it is an Internet of Things company. This is very, very, very cool, and I can't wait for Europe to sue them for it. <laughs> As they do. As they do. Uh, we've talked about Google having their uh, their connected home. Apple's working on their home link. Samsung has their smart things link. Microsoft has been decidedly absent from the space, which is weird because Windows 10 works so well 
as an embedded OS, you know, you can get it for free with a Raspberry Pi 2. You can get it uh, on nearly anything. And Windows CE has been part of embedded uh, devices going on 15 years now. But they've been pretty much absent from all this. I can't wait to see what they do in a connected home environment. Interesting. You know, with Microsoft, I just keep thinking about like the Microsoft phone, the Windows phone, how they pushed it really hard for a year or two and then just kind of gave up. Two words, Zoner. Housewide HoloLens. Do you know how many times I'm going to walk into the wall if I go? (laughs) (laughs) Just think about that. Well, I'm just saying, okay, you have a connected home and HoloLens. So the TV can follow you as you move through the house. Okay? It's always on the wall. And you go into the bedroom, and it's on that wall. And you go into the kitchen, and it's on that wall. Oh, and you look over here, and your thermostat goes up. And you can control your thermostat, and it actually goes and controls your thermostat. Then suddenly there's a notification up in the top corner of your HoloLens. Someone's at the door. It opens up the uh, door cam camera. Oh, it's your friend who was coming over. It's me. I'm coming over to borrow a movie. And you can trigger the front door to unlock. Never mind having to pull your phone out for everything. No, it's it's cool. I, I like it. I just worry that Microsoft is going to abandon it quickly. Well, I think they've learned. I think they've learned that they can't abandon things entirely and that it doesn't make much sense for them to try and go it alone. Instead, they'll try and create a service that can either stand alone on its, stand on its own or integrate into other providers. That's where they've always made their best products. I I think that that's their best bet is to get the integration, let other people do the work, and then just tie it together with your product, you know? Yeah, Yeah, agreed, agreed. The best Microsoft products have always been ones that work across all platforms. Like Vista. (laughs) Stop trolling me. Okay, but I, you know, if, if if you are sitting there trying to figure out what I'm talking about, if you're drawing a blank, uh, Sidewinder, okay, the Microsoft Sidewinder series of gaming peripherals worked with everything and was the best in the market. Uh, Microsoft keyboards, mice, their hardware have always been top notch. I used to have a Microsoft router that was bulletproof. Okay, nothing phased that thing, and. The key point with all of them was is that, yeah, it was Microsoft and it was built with their design and their intentions, but it worked with everything. I'm just saying, this could be it for them with Internet of Things. It'd be great. Let's hope, because, you know, I like I like the Internet of Things stuff. Not as much as Schmitty does. Uh, well, maybe I do. I just haven't been able to implement it like he has. You like, you like it like Schmitty liked it three years ago. Yeah. In three years' time, you will like it as much as Schmitty likes it now, because that's how he rolls. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He's he's kind of ahead of the curve a lot. But I'm also a huge fan of competition, and I believe that competition drives companies to make things better. And so I really want Microsoft to be successful with this, just like I want Logi, formerly Logitech, 
to be successful with theirs and Philips Q Hub or whatever. I mean, I want all of these wink. I want them to be successful because the more successful they are, the more people will adopt them and the more competition is going to create, which will drive the innovation. And I really want to see that. Indeed. Um, now, into speaking of innovative, Schmitty was just about drooling when he sent us this link. Tesla has a, a HEPA filter in all their cars. And that's great. Okay, whatever. You know, a lot of cars have filters. This one has what's called bioweapon defense mode. I have to think there's just an engineer that works at Tesla Motors who loves naming things. You have ludicrous speed. You have ridiculous speed. You have the bioweapons defense mode. Well, it turns out this one is actually true. So what they did is they took a Tesla and they put it into a bubble. And they had people inside the bubble, inside the car. And they filled it with so much pollution and gases that it was actually toxic. It was toxic to human life. So the testers were in there with gas masks. It was the only way they could survive. They got into the car, they turned it on, and they turned on the bioweapon defense mode. And within a couple minutes, it hadn't just started to work on the air in the car. It worked to the point that they took their gas masks off and just sat there in the car comfortably. And then the weird stuff started happening, where five minutes later, they noticed that the pollution in the bubble itself was going down. The car was so effective, it was actively detoxifying the air around it. That's awesome. Yeah, not only does it did it, I mean, it basically brought the the pollutants in the air inside the car to zero. But then within it, two minutes. Yeah, within yeah within minutes. But during the same time, I, what is that like? I don't know. Over a thousand parts per million uh, down to outside the car, down to like six hundred parts per million. I mean, so it almost not quite half, but it significantly decreased the amount of pollutants outside the Model X. But we're talking about in the span of a total ten minutes. Yeah, just minutes. That's awesome. Why can't we just put this on all of our buildings now? That's a good idea. Probably because it would take too much, um, too much energy. I'm just waiting for Elon Musk to finally introduce the arc reactor. That's what he's doing. You know, he's getting us so used to all these really cool toys. All they do is run on electricity. The problem is electricity. Nope. The next Tesla, mark my words, arc reactor in it. That would be awesome. I'd buy one if I had like two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I totally because you know that's what it cost. Yeah. Now the problem with this is, and this is the one that people aren't really talking about, but it is worth mentioning. Um, The bioweapon defense mode filters out all toxins, particulates, dust, um, soot, and pollen. It can't differentiate between them. And sometimes that's a good thing. You know, if you have really horrible allergies, sometimes pollen season can be just horrible on you. And so that's fine. If this technology were to go out into the wild, though, if you had an entire city that was being cleaned by this, it means that all pollen and pollination would stop dead as well. And that's kind of a bad thing for living things. Yeah, no. Just imagine, like, no farms being able to grow stuff and no flowers. And uh, that would just be like. Yeah, everyone shifts from 
protesting GMOs to protesting Teslas. You you think about it though. You got all these tree huggers that want clean air. You give them an option for clean air, but it removes all the pollination. Are th- uh, what are they going to do? You're giving them what they want, but then they're going to be unhappy. I think that would be fun to try. <laughs> what making inter- uh, making environmentalists unhappy? That's not hard. No, it's not. In fact, I think they're genetically predisposed to unhappiness. But let's just you know let's throw some gas on the fire and see what we can do. Why not? Why not? Um, TiVo is getting purchased for a lot of money. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. Um, by a company that I swear I've heard before, but for the life of me, I can't remember from where. It's, they're being bought by Rovi, R-O-V-I. You know, I don't think I have ever heard of Rovi before. I know I have, but, but I, I don't want to say I heard of it as a company. It was like a product called the Rovi. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But the thing about this, they're apparently big because they're paying $1.1 billion for TiVo. That's a lot of money for TiVo. And I'm a huge TiVo fan. I've been using TiVos for years. And I, I got to wonder, TiVo has kind of changed things up. I mean, we've talked about how they came out with their box that was designed for cord cutters. And they've changed that up now to where you don't even have a monthly service fee for that. You just buy it and it's good to go. I mean, so they've really kind of changed how they do things. I'm wondering... If Rovi is going to just kind of let them continue doing what they're doing, because it seems to be working, or if Rovi is going to step in and say, no, this is how we want things done. Uh, from what I'm seeing, it sounds like Rovi really just kind of wants their patents. It was an app. It was an app that I used to use when I was on iOS. Okay. It was the way I tried to connect my Plex server to an iPad using their enhanced connected guide app. Okay. Before Plex allowed it. That's how I remember it. But yeah, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that little thing, I'd be right there with you. I have no clue who these guys are, but yeah, they're huge, it turns out. Yeah, it's a big deal. But yeah, I I think from what it sounds like, they really just want TiVo's patents. This This is one of those deals where they come in and they want the proprietary information. Which, let's be honest, TiVo's been around 17 years. It's got a lot of them. It, indeed. And it's good stuff, too. I remember TiVo being the original. One of these public DVRs. Yeah. yeah. Um, our last headline is kind of a no-brainer, if you'll pardon my pun. So, little-known fact uh, amongst people here in the States, but in Australia, every case of cancer every time a person is diagnosed with cancer it has to be reported uh to their national health organization i forget its exact name there but the reason why is because they track these things very 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 carefully um in case there's large outbreaks or whatnot or another uranium mine uh turns out to be that was in a a neighborhood oops and everyone has cancer from it now they they study these things Using this data, they've gone back and compiled a 29-year study of cell phone usage to see if it increases brain tumors. You remember all that paranoia, right? People saying, oh my gosh, cell phones are going to just give you brain cancer by having it up against your ear. Yep. Uh, In fact, I I am convinced that's why a lot of people um, hold their phone out in front of them like idiots 
and yell at their phone on speakerphone loud enough for everyone to hear the conversation on both sides of the conversation because they don't want to put it up to their ear. They found that there was a slight bump in males, no change in females, but that the bump happened in the early 80s before the popularization of cell phones. Okay. I'm not surprised in the slightest. And here's why. What people don't realize is that we are constantly bombarded by radiation. Constantly. All the time by sources that may surprise you. Your microwave. Your microwave. Your TV. Your laptop. The radio in your car. The radio waves that your car picks up. The banana you ate. I'm not making that up. You get more radiation from a banana than you do living next to a nuclear power plant. You get more radiation and radioactivity from a coal power plant than you do from a nuclear one. It's uncomfortable little truths like that. Putting a cell phone up to your head does not actually increase the amount of rads you're getting by a whole lot. Never mind the fact there's this thing called the skull in the way. I'm glad you used the term rads. I was I was trying to throw that in there, but I thought I'd let let you finish what you were saying. So, uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I remember there was a case where they were saying that men shouldn't put uh, cell phones in their pocket because it was giving them testicular cancer, but they were never able to prove that either. Yeah, it's like, look, I I understand what the logic is, but you're forgetting that these phones aren't made out of plutonium. They're not actually producing this radiation they are receiving it which means this radiation is already all over and all around you at all times i like to keep mine by my heart (laughs) because you know i want my heart to grow big like the grinches three three sizes in one day That's a medical condition you should seek medical attention (laughs) immediately if your heart grows three sizes at once you're in for a bad christmas yeah, it's you're gonna have a sorry little Susie. Daddy died. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Heart explosions on Christmas Day caused by your cell phone. That's an oddly specific thing to put on a tombstone. Okay, my favorite this week. We love epic rap battles. Even with their language, I still listen to them at work because the language is such I don't want to listen to it in front of my kids. Anyway, season five has started off. They're back, and it is the literary titans against against each other. Pardon me. George R.R. R. Martin versus J.R. R. Tolkien. Tolkien. Just one R? Uh, two R's, I think. J.R.R. There's a lot of R.R.'s. I don't know why. Maybe they're copying each other. In any case, they bring that up. It is probably one of the best ERBs I've seen recently. I love it. You should definitely check it out. And my favorite is from our friends over at Gangrene Games. It's called Hoagie. It is a card game. Uh, good, good times for the family. My kids actually love this game like more than you can imagine. Um, it's they've got it for sale. Well, they've got it. You can purchase it on Amazon right now. Uh, it's about seventeen bucks, but you will get hours and hours of fun out of this game. And, you know, it's good. My six-year-old loves it. He was playing it before he turned six. He was five. So, yeah, good for a five-year-old all the way up to a 40-year-old. 
Oh, and probably then some. Everybody loves sandwiches. Everybody hates germs. It's just it's just good time. So go check it out. Support the guys over at Gangrene Games, and have some fun while you're doing it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Gangrene Games. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to another episode. Again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Facebook. Friend us on Twitter. Or reverse that as well. That works as well. Uh, keep an eye out for the podcast awards. And we will see you next time. Until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.